Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. In this week's episode, we unpack the real meaning of grace with a Jesus lesson about healing and an original parable by yours truly called The Green Chair. Grace, according to Webster's Dictionary, is this, a simple elegance or refinement of movement. When you think of the word grace or graceful, what image comes to mind? For me, I think of a ballet dancer that seems to defy gravity, or a singer who carries a tune with strength and control that seems breathless or effortless. However, in these two examples, grace is connected to excellence, a well-honed skill, or an action associated with performance. Is this what grace is? Is this what that well-known hymn, Amazing Grace, is all about? Is Amazing Grace about my skill to be a good dancer or singer? Mm, I don't think so. In a theological sense or a God talk sense, grace has nothing to do with ability, performance, or behavior. In what I've learned about grace, it is a gift given freely by God. Which brings me to this week's lesson from Mark 5. This text shows a story of two people that lived into grace. Jairus and a woman who doesn't have a name and is referred to as the hemorrhaging woman. In this story, Jairus was desperate for his daughter to be healed. He is a synagogue leader. He has resources and power in his community but he knows his limitations and he seeks out Jesus for help. He runs to Jesus, falls on his knees and pleads, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her so that she may be well and live. 
And then the hemorrhaging woman, without any resources or power in her community, was well aware of her limitations. She knew Jesus had healed others, so she took a risk, not speaking to him, but reached out to the hem of his cloak in faith for grace that she so desperately needed, thinking, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. This account shows us, one, a man of ability, power, and resources, and two, a woman ill for more than a decade, isolated from community because of an illness. Both the man and the woman needed help. They knew who they were, and they cried out or reached out for help. And Jesus met them where they were. Jairus and the woman ignored all the social norms of the day and told the truth about who they were to God. They were people in need of help, of healing, of restoration, something that we all might have a little bit in common with. But some things I'm learning from this Jesus story and about grace are that grace is abundant. Grace in this story is both for the privileged and the poor. Grace crosses all boundaries. Grace frees the people in the story from the temptation to perform for God's favor. Grace gives the people in the story, as well as us, room to tell the truth about our whole life and receive the gift of grace. So speaking of grace, it turns out that this week's Holy Shenanigans is a little bit out of the usual order I try to put it in in each episode. But, you see, I'm not in charge of the shenanigans of the holy. I'm only the storyteller for the HS. I had many moments this week of needing some amazing grace. Some of the grace that showed up was in the faces of family and friends I've not seen or met due to distance made necessary by the pandemic. Some of the grace showed up in people holding space for me to simply be me. Some of the grace came to me in a parable called The Green Chair. This parable was written years ago for a message I was giving. I would not have originally planned to pair this parable with this Jesus story about healing or a study on grace. But somehow, with some amazing grace, I think it all fits together. So take a moment and pause and listen to this unexpected parable about grace with the help of a green chair. The green chair. The green chair sat in the corner of the garage. It was a high-backed, sturdy, and proud-looking, even though it was beginning to show some signs of wear. It had lost count of the books that had been read, how many morning cups of coffee drank, and how many reruns of TV shows had been watched by the chair sitters who had sat in the green chair. A great deal of life had been lived in and around the green chair. Suddenly, though things had changed for the green chair, it had been moved out of the front room and placed in the garage with all the other odds and ends of the household. The green chair that had once been the center of chair sitting in the home was now in the garage and contemplating how it was probably going to be replaced by some new chair from Ikea with an exciting name. The green chair had never been exciting, but it had been faithful and sturdy and strong. Isn't that all a good chair needs to be? Faithful, sturdy, 
and strong, and maybe green. Early the next morning, the garage door was opened by the chair sitter. Throughout the early morning, the chair sitters placed many other household items in the garage to join the green chair. The green chair was thankful to have some familiar friends in this new place. The TV trays, a console TV, and a coffee table were all present, making the garage seem much more like the living room they'd been evicted from. One by one, each of the items in the garage were given a bright yellow sticker by the chair sitters. In no time, every item in the garage had received a yellow dot. There was a buzz of activity in that garage that day. Chair sitters, known and unknown, came and went, and one by one, each yellow stickered item was bought and carted away by another two-legged chair sitter. For the most part, the green chair felt ignored as the chair sitters would glance in its direction. But the chair sitters were more interested in things like the TV and the TV trays. The green chair tried to sit up straight and make a good impression. But as one chair sitter passed by and another passed by the green chair, it began to slump. Late in the day, an intelligent looking chair sitter came into the garage and glanced at what remained. This chair sitter looked at the green chair and noticed its rich fabric and its strong wooden frame still good for years of wear. This interested chair sitter looked at the sticker on the chair, paused, and then exited the garage. The sale ended and the green chair sat in the empty garage and wondered what its future would hold. Early the next day, the garage door opened to have a truck parked in the driveway. One by one, the remaining items were packed into the back of the truck, including the high-backed green chair. The truck bumped and rumbled along the road to God knows where. Could this truck be the one that takes household items to the shop of thrift where chair sitters have pity on those odds and ends that are left behind? The truck came to a stop and the driver grabbed the green chair and carried it into the legendary shop of thrift into a room filled with misplaced and mismatched chairs. This is it, thought the green chair. My life is over. What a disappointment to be placed here in a room of all the cast off chairs in the world. How could this be? And so the store of thrift opened its doors and many chair sitters came pouring in. The little ones were especially frustrating. They jumped on the seats, poking their little fingers into starts of holes in fabric and made the holes bigger and they touched every part of the chairs with their sticky hands. Chair sitters came and went. The days passed, and the green chair sat in the corner. By now, the green chair would be happy to be a home for a house cat. How depressing to be in this place when there was so much more the green chair had expected. A few days passed. And the green chair saw what they thought was a familiar-looking chair sitter looking at the green chair with the rich fabric and the strong wooden frame, still good for its years of wear. At this point, the green chair was not prepared for any attention. Did it dare hope that this chair sitter would choose it? Didn't the chair sitter see that it was well-worn and in need of a good cleaning? The chair sitter sat down in the green chair and after a few minutes got up 
and walked out of the room. The green chair sighed. It knew that chair sitter had noticed its faults and worried, thinking its future was the dumpster out back. The store manager came over to the chair section, picked up the green chair, and headed to the back room. This is it, thought the green chair. I am headed to the dumpster. The back doors opened to a small truck parked in a loading dock. The green chair was not going to the dumpster. Rumble and bump on the road of uncertainty. Where am I going? Who in the world would actually choose me, pondered the green chair. The truck came to a stop, and the driver opened the back of the truck, picked up the green chair, carried it into a house with a modest but warm living room with neutral carpet and a large orange house cat. The chair sitter said to the truck driver, I've been looking for this green chair ever since I saw it at a garage sale last week, but it was gone before I could pick it up. I've been looking all over the thrift stores in town, and I'm so glad I found it at your store. This green chair is exactly what I've been searching for. The green chair sat tall and proud in the corner, even with its faded fabric arms and the orange cat that sometimes climbed up to sit. This green chair was no longer lost. In the eyes of the chair seeker, the green chair was beautiful and worthy of searching, looking for, finding, refinding, and bringing home. Thank you, green chair, for that story. This is where I usually have a question to ask, but I want to talk a little bit more about grace. When I speak of grace, I mean it to be the grace that invites people to tell the truth about the realities of life, shortfalls, needs, weaknesses, and what might be described as sin or imperfection. Grace, you see, is not just for green chairs. Grace is a gift for all. No matter if you are religious or not, the idea of a gift of grace of understanding, of forgiveness, of a do-over, is a gift that does fit many human needs. So instead of a question about grace, I extend a gift, a gift, affirming grace. Grace, dear hearts, gives us the freedom to say to God and the world, this is who I really am. Sometimes we have thin fabric on the arms of our chairs, Sometimes there are holes. Sometimes our foundation does not feel as strong as we would like it to be. In this space of holy shenanigans, I hope that you hear a sincere affirmation of grace and that I thank you for showing up as your full self. Dear heart, beloved, I am so glad you are here. Thank you for bringing your whole self. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are home. The lyrics of U2's song, Grace, helps this thinking about grace to come full circle. Grace finds goodness in everything. Grace, she's got the walk, not on a ramp or on chalk. She's got the time to talk. She travels outside of karma karma, 
She travels outside of karma. When she goes to work, you can hear her strings. Grace finds beauty in everything. Dear hearts, Grace, you see, actually is amazing. Thank you for joining me for Holy Shenanigans to surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. You're invited to join me on this unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Stuffy.